Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. And we're live. Here we are. Episode number 185. Jimmy. Why are you carrying that around? That's not yours. Well, because I didn't know where it was. Oh, and uh, so Sounds I went responsible. Well, you know, it's supposed to be the responsibility of your champion, isn't it? My champion, <laughs> our champion, not, our not champion. champion or our champion for that matter. I uh, when- I didn't know where it was and uh, it turned out it was downstairs. So we have two floors here in my building and it was downstairs. So I, uh, I gathered it up and I thought if there's anybody new who's never seen the podcast before, maybe or they they haven't seen it around the time that we were showcasing this. I wanted to bring it on the air. So this I is miss- the Fightful Championship belt right there. I miss doing skits. I do. I have some pictures with that belt, actually, that I took while you all were out of uh, the room. So. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, uh, well, of course. It's good to dream, uh, Sean. Yeah, indeed. Uh, guys, listen, you boy, it is September 23rd. I have it listed as September 22nd because I like to live in the past. I mean, <laughs> Apparently. I cover WWE, so why not? Uh, but leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. Quick plugs to get out of the way. I dropped a Tennille Dashwood interview today. Uh, Aiden English this past week. Darren Young. Just a ton of stuff there. If you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat. That gets it. Ha- that gets it done. If you want to ask a bunch of questions every week. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Alex Palowski is doing a Q&A this week to oh, yeah. celebrate 100 episodes of Sour Graps. So make sure you check that out. But yeah, donate to Super Chat. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Buy a Dong Lord shirt at Shop.Fightful.com. It's good times, Jimmy. You know, when Alex covers this past week's Raw, 
That could be a three-hour edition of Sour Graps. Oh, he did it. He did 90 minutes. Oh, he did it already? Yeah, by himself, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Do you know what Monday is, Sean? We're doing this on the 23rd. Do you know what Monday is? This upcoming Monday? This upcoming Monday. Um, It is September 28th. Give me. It is the official full reopening of my office. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I already know what's going to happen, Sean Rossap. I already am prepared for what's going to happen. In Ontario, Canada, cases are going up. Mm-hmm. But what the media doesn't tell you well enough is that tests are way up. I mean, yeah. Well, no, they don't really, they don't spend yeah, a people, lot of... People don't just get tested for the fun of it, usually. They no, usually no, no, but what I, they have symptoms. No, 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 that's not what I mean. What I mean is, so on the news here locally, they'll say, oh, this is the biggest daily new case number since May. That's what the news will tell you. The news won't tell you. They're doing double the tests now. They were in May. Because it's spreading, Jimmy. More people require tests. Uh, no, no. It's because there's a larger capacity to do testing now than there was in May. Sure. Well, yeah. They probably should have been doing that testing all along then. 100% agree. 100% people agree. People are sick. People are sick. I mean, you can't. You're right. Whether, whether there's two tests or two, two million tests. People are sick. No, sick. you're right. They should have. They should have had the capacity. But anyway, the point I'm making is there's a lot of fear because of that, and so I know that some of my people aren't going to want to come in, even though the tests are really not that, or the the case numbers are really not that bad in Ontario, Jimmy, Canada. So. Jimmy, let's not do that here. Let's not do this here. What? What? I don't want to be. I don't want to be a COVID truther podcast. No, 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 no. Hey, I'm, I'm not. I'm not uh, trying to minimize the seriousness and all that. I just look straight at the numbers locally. I can't speak for the U.S. or anywhere else. I'm just looking locally. Well, I'm looking straight at the super chat numbers. Anakin JMT sent me some cookies. He said, "How are the cookies?" Oh, he did. I haven't gotten into them yet. I haven't gotten into them yet. Melissa is in the chat, wide-eyed uh, for obvious oh, because, reasons. Because I got that. Yeah, Donnie K says, catching up the G1 and really missing Larry Zonko was so much to watch. I always went to his reviews to see what was necessary viewing. He was a great one. We lost a great one in wrestling media in Larry Zonka earlier this year, and I don't know if that'll ever be replicated. That guy watched everything. He watched everything. But we also had another loss today, Jimmy, unfortunately. We did, Joe Laurinaitis, Road Warrior Animal. And uh, I'm not going to lie, this one caught me by surprise. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, say anything too negatively about Road Warrior Hawk, Mike Hegstrand from 2003 when he passed away. But the honest truth is, I don't think it was a massive surprise when news came out about Hawk at the time because of all of the demons that he had battled and his addiction and whatnot. Joe Laurinaitis seemingly had avoided all of that. And I, I know that TMZ claims that it was natural causes. He was 60, 60 years old, man. 60 years old. That's not old at all. And and when, so I'm, I'm I'm hoping more will come out. Yeah, I see that and I'm like, what's natural about 60? Yes. Yes. Now obviously, you know, Joel Laurinaitis never really had the fact that he was on, you know, steroids in the 80s cuz everybody was. Uh, and so may, maybe it's going to come out. And I don't want to speculate, but maybe it's going to come out in large heart or something as a result of that. The life expectancy is like 78 oh, yeah, in the States. That, That's you're right. sad, man. I, well, when, as soon as I saw the TMZ said natural causes, I thought, what? You know? Yeah. So uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that you would say about uh, animal were said when Hawk passed because they were synonymous. 
yeah. uh, with the Road Warriors, pioneers. They were pioneers. They were the first bodybuilder type guys with the face paint that went out there and just absolutely annihilated the competition. Uh, they inspired the likes of Sting, the Ultimate Warrior, the Powers of Pain, a lot of other guys that came along after them that did the very similar thing to what they did. Absolute pioneers. I think that Ole Anderson does not get enough credit because Ole Anderson's the one that put them together. I, I think uh, Joe Laurinaitis came up with the haircuts and the face paint, I believe. But Ole Anderson put them together, called them the Road Warriors, I think, if I remember right. So uh, he deserves and, credit for that. And WWE did a massive ripoff with Demolition. And yes. It's one of those situations where they were a runaway success. Yeah. They were a gigantic success as Demolition. And then I, I was... I did a, a bit of a live stream earlier where I talked about it. They went unbeaten in like 31, 33 straight matches, Jimmy. 15 months before they got a title shot in WWF. Today, I'd be like, man, what is going on? Why is WWE doing this? When I was a kid, I was like, well, they're more interested in crushing jobbers. That's what they're here to do. <laughs> they want to kill people, uh, these jobbers. And they had to deal with demolition. They had to deal with the knockoffs. So, yeah, uh, man, you're right. Uh, I always also fondly remember their brief WCW run when they came in there against Sting and Luger, a couple of guys that, in my mind, 10 years old, I was like, man, main eventers, main eventers to me. Like, the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, were main event talent to me. And occasionally you would see them challenge a Ric Flair or somebody for a world title. And I thought that was very cool. Um, yep. I I uh, loved Animal's last match against Heath Slater. I posted the the tweet with the video today. Got an incredible pop. Man, it's it is uh, unfortunate, unfortunate. Also, uh, yeah, it just it's it's a bummer. It is, and and just as Gorilla Monsoon will always be, uh, you know, referred to in in wrestling because of the gorilla position. Uh, I still hear the term Road Warrior pop. You know, you still hear that term. And if anyone's never heard that, back in the day, they got such a massive reaction from the crowd that it became known as Road Warrior Pop. And, uh, yeah, they absolutely left their mark on the business. I can tell you from a personal perspective, I had one very brief dealing with Joe Laurinaitis. Uh, I can't even really call it a dealing. We had one phone call when uh, they were working independence. I was promoting shows in Ontario, Canada. This was, I think, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and Joe called me because he was, he was taking bookings for the road warriors at that time on the independence. He was not a stupid person, man. He, he handled all of the business dealings at that point for the road warriors for a long time. Paul Ellering did legitimately, but at that point Joe did. And, uh, and, and he called me and he was a negotiator. And I remember they wanted an, an amount of money that I thought was just far outside my budget, especially when you consider the U S exchange on the dollar far outside my budget, and Joe was selling them, Sean. He was selling them. Matter of fact, I think he might have actually used the term Road Warrior Pop, tell, trying, to, trying to sell me on it. But in the end, I mean, we, the venue would have only held a few hundred people. I couldn't justify their, yeah. their price. But uh, he was a smart guy. And again, this one took me by surprise because he seemed to avoid a lot of the, the addiction or a lot of the temptation that Hawk did. Yeah. So uh, I'll be curious when more comes out about this one. But again, the whole natural causes thing is a little bit hard for me to accept at this point. I would like to see WWE kind of go back and remaster some of their old documentaries, so to speak. The Road Warriors one was the one that made me fall in love with WWE documentaries. That oh, was really? that was it. And to be honest with you, there was not much of anything in Dark Side of the Ring that was not in that documentary. 
But since that documentary came out, Road Warrior Animal came back to WWE. He did a run with Heidenreich. Meh. But then he did the Heath Slater spot. I would love to see them sort of remaster that documentary, do it in HD, and add some supplemental stuff at the end. Right. I think that could be a, a new attraction for the WWE Network that actually wouldn't cost them a lot of money or do anything like that. And it would give you some some updated perspective because it's been 15 years since that thing came out. So yeah, That's crazy. Throwback27 says Mania 14 was awesome with them. He will be missed. That's the thing. Their 97, 99 run, it sucked. But there are things that I'll always remember. I'll always remember um, the, the return against the Headbangers. I'll always remember the rechristening of LOD 2000. And boy, you know they were trying to sell some toys with that one. <laughs> and they did to yeah. me. Um, and then there was, for better or for worse, that Titan Tron fall. I was like, whoa. And I, I thought Draws was kind of cool back then, too. So I him being associated kind of sold me on that. Uh, it, it is a sad loss. Uh, I hate that. We, we send our condolences to his friends, his family and his fans. Yeah. And I've, I've heard things about his son. Do you know if his son is still looking to get into wrestling because, uh, he retired from football. I don't think he was ever looking to. Oh, get I thought he was. To... No. Okay. No, I don't think so. If he okay. wanted to, I think he would have, um, I think I feel like he might be into broadcasting now. Oh, okay. That's uh, James Laurinaitis. That's yeah. right. He played for the Rams like briefly, but I mean he's thirty three now. Like he's not okay. he's not as young as people like think of him, but he played in the NFL for I wanna say like seven years and wrapped up his career when he was like thirty or so. I think that's when he was uh I think that was yeah, he retired in two thousand seventeen. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely condolences to his family for sure and yeah. uh lasting legacy. And I'm really glad that he uh got to experience the Hall of Fame because Hawk didn't. You know? Yeah, that is so. true. Guys, uh, make sure you leave a thumbs up on this. Share this video if you wouldn't mind. For whatever reason, YouTube didn't notify you guys that we were going Again? Or we're back to that. After weeks of like good numbers and stuff, we're back to YouTube doing that thing that they do. Uh, but, but yeah, um, and people are saying, no, that was Hawk, his partner. I was talking about uh, specifically the LOD memories during that period. But yeah, but um, man, it, it does suck. I, I said on my live stream, when I got into wrestling media, I stopped like doing a lot of the things that made me a fan. I stopped wearing the t-shirts or anything like that. I still had a couple of Legion of Doom shirts. There was this awesome one because they looked so cool, but it was them as zombies. It was okay. such a cool shirt. They had such good, uh, such, such good merchandise and imagery and all that. Uh, rest in peace, animal. Yep, for sure. I want to uh, quickly plug my uh, my nonprofit startup, Grappling with Grief, for a couple of reasons. First reason is by the end of this week, I expect the website's going to be live, grapplingwithgrief.com. Oh, nice. So check that out. And when the website goes live, one of the things that we're going to feature on the website is an interview with Kyler James. Nice. Yeah, you guys might know him from Fightful. He's a social media manager for Fightful. He's doing the same thing for Grappling with Grief now. Uh, I did a little interview with him. We're going to put that up. His story is inspiring. For anybody who doesn't know Kyler James, he's got a really good story to tell. And so we're going to tell it. Uh, so hopefully, depending on when you're watching this, uh, by the end of the week, grapplingwithgrief.com should be live, and you can check that out. Yeah, uh, somebody I'm just honored to to work with and to have as one of my best friends. Like, 
He's a great dude, so I was very, very happy to see him get this opportunity. Rob Wilkins sent a super chat and said, Jimmy, the Grappling with Grief episode on obesity was really moving, and we had a similar path. It really meant a lot. Uh, James Laurinaitis is covering uh, NCAA football on Fox. Oh, good for him. Good for him. That's a good gig. Better than wrestling. Good for him. And Tim Travers says, my dad is now 67 years old. Blessed to still have him. Yeah. uh, Especially when you got people like Animal passing away at 60, man. It puts puts a lot of stuff in perspective. It does. Uh, Another thing I want to mention, Trent's mom, Sue. (laughs) Who would have known what a draw she was, Sean Me? Ross? Did you know? Me? Yeah, I really? do. Yeah. I mean, let's let's look at the path that I took here. Mm-hmm. I assigned an article, not to toot my own horn, but I assigned an article as soon as I saw Stella post that tweet about cookies. I was like, this is going to do good. Did not expect it to do as good as I did. Uh, Jeremy then picked up ones about like brownies and stuff like that, but we were all in on the Sue content. Then... I was like, you know what? We, I think somebody, it was Rovert on Twitter, was like, you should interview her. And I was like, you know what? I should. And I reached out to her, and she asked Trent, hey, should I do this? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Do it. He's the one that, that had the site with the cookies. So go ahead and do <laughs> it. Nice. And uh, I had a feeling it would be good. So my method for interviews a lot of times, I almost never post an interview the same day. Almost never. Like, we got to transcribe it. We got to edit clips. I got to do Twitter clips. Uh, I got to create thumbnails. Got to plan this out because we have a lot of content going on. With Sue, I was like, no, we're going live on FightfulSelect.com. Oh, you did? Really? Yeah. We went live on FightfulSelect.com. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, I'll put up the finished product on Fightful. Because let's be real, Sue ain't giving me hard hitting backstage news here. It's a fun interview. Yep. And it's a fun interview that cracked our top 10 most downloaded of all time within a day. She passed MJF's numbers, Jimmy. The only thing I'm going to say is uh, certain people I know in AEW hit me up to tell me how much they love that interview. And all the other interviews Sean's ever done, I have never gotten a message from anybody in the company uh, putting it over. And that one they did. So, uh, and I, I think you and I talked and I, I said to Sean, cause Sean told me, Hey, I, I'm doing this interview. I didn't think this was going to be a draw. <laughs> I, oh, I did. I, 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 I clearly, I am so out of touch with the audience. You know, I'm, I'm not Vince yet, but I'm so out of touch with the audience. I guess I didn't think it was going to be that kind of a draw, but she, she sounded like uh, a real sweetheart. She's very positive, treats the whole thing. You know, she's just having fun. And that's, that's what oh, it should yeah. be about for her. We so. had some people, some donks that replied to like a Ronda Rousey article where she joked about uh, about not unlocking Becky Lynch in battlegrounds that are like wrestling journalism these days. And I'm like, are you familiar with our website at all? I did an interview with a guy who dressed up as a penis one time and it did really, really good. Uh, like that, that happens sometimes. You read a story aloud on the air where Jim Cornette threatened to bash in Jim or Vince Russo's head with a baseball bat. Like, yep. Yep. And, I think I think I that's one of the things that's always been great about Fightful is, you know, we we have great stories and we break 
news. Like, Sean, you are legitimate, respected. I, I know you don't like the term journalist, but you are legitimate. You are, you are sourced by everybody else now. But at the same time, I like the lighter side of stuff, especially on yeah. this podcast. This is why I've got a fightful belt. I've got Sean Ross's rubber mask sitting on a chair over oh. here off camera. In the next room, I got life-size cutouts of Stephanie McMahon and James Ellsworth. We like to have fun, oh. too, on this thing, you know? Yeah, so. that's the thing. I mean, however anybody else wants to cover wrestling, wrestling and wrestling media, one, as long as they do it honestly, I don't care. If you start to, to cloud the work of other people that are working really hard and cast doubt on them, then I got a problem. But if you want to have fun or if you don't want to have fun, that hey, that's all on you. I, I had heard a story about how Conrad Thompson wanted Dave Meltzer to do a, a spot on a Pritchard live show and – he said that Meltzer told him he doesn't do clown shows. Fine. Really? He Good. said that? Well, that, that's that's the way it was relayed. That's the way it was okay, relayed. Okay, because so what, what, what do you call Jericho's Cruise? I'm, I don't know. I don't you know. know. I know what you call it. You call it a paid gig, Sean. That's why he did it. Well, come on. This isn't why, this isn't why we're talking. That's not the same thing. That is I'm, not just what I was, I'm just that saying. That was a Q&A. I think you're missing the point here. That was a comedy segment that he was pitched on Pritchard's thing like oh it was going to be a comedy segment and and tap on Pritchard's shoulder and be like hey here I am after Pritchard crapped on him forever oh okay okay I respect the fact that that he does or doesn't want to do things like that that's if that's how he wants to conduct his career that's awesome good and obviously it's worked really really good for him but um yeah like if other people want to do that Good on them. We like to do things our way, and I can't imagine, like, not covering that end of wrestling. Can't can't imagine it. I also um, think when you look at the success of BTE, when you look at the success of Orange yeah. Cassidy, even Joey Ryan prior to, you know, his issues, when you look at the success of that stuff, the wrestling audience has changed. Uh, and no disrespect to Dave Meltzer, but he's an old-school guy from the, from the early to sure. mid-'80s. So but things have changed, and uh, and so I think you do have to you know look at that side of it too a little bit. We have some more super chats. Uh, I church pastor blaster says supporting grappling with grief. God bless. I'm really happy to see how many people from Fightful are jumping on board with, with this because I like it. I watched your your full interview that you did with Anchel, yep. who many many of my friends know as Chili. Like That's right. Just, Somebody who's become a good friend uh, of mine. So, uh, a lot of good stuff there already. Uh, Matt Scale says, Sorry for everyone that has memories of Animal. I've not been so emotional since Eddie Guerrero passed away as a wrestling fan. Jimmy, you know, I've got my Jack's BCA collection, right? Yeah. And I saw you post something about, might have been an Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. I didn't even know they made one. So, okay. I like the ones that are kind of hand sculpted because they're hideous. I like that about them. But they started to do face scans, and they brought Bone Crunchers back briefly. And I was able to find an Eddie Guerrero, which they only sold with rings, and I had to order it from the UK. Really? Yeah. It was a UK, like a UK exclusive kind of thing? No, it wasn't a UK exclusive, but there weren't any others for sale. And okay. it's a little, little worn, a little lived in, so to speak, but I'll take it for right That's now. Right. Also, That's okay. Also, got a couple of executioners. Yeah, you mentioned. Came, yeah, Terry Gordy. Right. MC Carvalho says, who do you guys think wins the women's and men's number one contendership matches tonight? Uh, that kind of is a segue for my next uh, topic here. 
somewhat. Sure. So I want to talk about the latest COVID-19 outbreak uh, in WWE. You reported this. John Elba has also been covering it. What's the latest that you've heard on this latest outbreak? And then we'll talk about the NXT uh, gauntlet eliminator. Uh, well, <clears throat> I had heard actually from somebody last Tuesday, so it would be eight days ago, that there was an outbreak, so to speak. I didn't want to use those terms initially, but that's, that's what it is. And uh, it spread pretty quickly. By Monday, I had NXT wrestlers that were like, why isn't this out there yet? <laughs> they were like upset that this wasn't out in front of the public because a bunch of classes got canceled. Some didn't. Some essential coaches were there, but we, we were told that it did affect creative pretty heavily. I don't know to what degree, but yeah, and that's that situation. I kind of figured it was going to happen when people started to train together again. Like, Weren't they saying that they held off on uh, announcing all the names for the Gauntlet Eliminator because of this? They didn't know who was going to be available? I don't know that to be true. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'm picking Kyle O'Reilly to win that, to answer MC Carvalho's super chat. I think Rhea Ripley won the Battle Royal. But uh, I would assume so. I know it had an effect on creative. I just don't know to what degree. I know that they were reaching out to some wrestlers that maybe weren't regulars on TV to do some more stuff. Yeah, um, it's it's messy, and this is what I expected to happen when they got back in that makeshift performance center. They're they're remodeling or renovating the old performance center because, to, to use the term again, lived in. It was yeah. lived in for three months by everybody, so they had to redo it. I mean, they tore it apart for multiple matches. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I just can't believe they thought this was going to be a good idea to do and do periodic testing. You just can't do that. That was going to be my next question is the testing. How stringent was the testing? Not very. Uh, like once every few days or once a week or something like that. Even when they were there every day? Yeah, even there every day. And it's like you, it doesn't work like that. You can't make it can't work like that. How are they not figuring this shit out when it boggles my mind? Stubbornness. Sean. Stubbornness. Yeah. It is outright stubbornness. And yeah, you know, I've I don't want to specify which company because I haven't gotten it completely confirmed yet. But I've heard they're not the only company dealing with this issue right now. I mean, when you are what's WWE's market cap right now? Like three billion, right? In that range, something like that. When you are a, a, a three billion dollar valued company getting five hundred million a year in U.S. rights alone, come on. Yeah, seriously, like that is so irresponsible and unprofessional. I think it was John Alba that said that uh, a lot of the talent was starting to kind of congregate to certain areas, not wearing masks because they're just getting used to it, you know. So it's so weird, their policies. It was uh, you have to wear a mask when you're outside of the ring, but then you 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 get right in there and you don't wear a mask. It's like you're breathing the same air. Then you walk over to the gym area. You don't have to wear a mask. I mean, the way that we do it in my company here, I've, I've got my mask here somewhere. The way we do it in my company, and this is following the province of Ontario's health guidelines, when you're sitting at your desk, you don't have to wear your mask. But when you get up for any reason, you have to wear the mask. Even if you get up just to go talk to somebody else at their desk, if you get up to use the bathroom, if you get up to go to the kitchen, whatever, you got to put the mask on. Only when you're at your desk can you take it off. And again, those are guidelines by the provincial government of Ontario. Yeah. So the, the, the PC, when you talk about the gym, the ring, everything, is anything outdoor or is everything indoor? I think everything's indoor. It's, it's like right around the corner or something from the original performance center, um, which I heard might be done soon. I don't, okay. I don't know. But 
Oh, man. It's very what? irresponsible. Yeah. MC Carvalho says, is it true NXT TakeOver might be at the Thunderdome? I've heard some reports, but uh, want to come to the only one I truly believe. It's been discussed, but I don't know if it's happening. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely been discussed. They do have a deal with Full Sail, though. And they did, they've been doing the majority of their shows from Full Sail, even when they had the PC there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so it, it has been floated. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, uh, what might be the biggest story of the week, and that's this week's edition of WWE Raw. So we're not going to do a full review because Fightful.com already has it. Sean did a post-show podcast with Denise. You can check all that out. They can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com and uh, listen to Alex Palowski's review as well, which is fantastic. I'm I'm telling you, he does an incredible one-man podcast, and that is not easy to do. All right, so you can check all that out. Now, we could go off about how, how nonsensical uh, it is for WWE to sign Retribution after they threw Molotov cocktails through their equipment. We could go off about that. We could go off about them continuing with Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio for no reason and rehashing this whole DNA, you're not the father thing. We could go off about Andrade and Angel Garza suddenly being friends again and getting another tag team title shot. Um, Number five. Yep, yep. We're not going to do that. I do want to ask you this, though. You broke some news about the locker room reaction to Retribution. Uh, and I, I, I read something similar on, on, uh, on another site. Tell me what you've heard in terms of the locker room reaction to Retribution. So there, there are plenty of people who don't care and they're just worried about themselves. But there are also people that feel bad for Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez, who have worked for a decade at Mercedes, like two decades to get here. And they're going to be given dumb names like like ramification and whatever, whatever else they're going to call uh, yep. one of them. Bear spray. It's just hair. Yeah. <sighs> and it, it's just, you know, nonsensical. I mean. There are people on this WWE roster that care about the show making sense because they know that it reflects poorly on them as well. And they you know, they don't, they said it didn't make sense, and they were making fun of the names, and they said that this is what Vince McMahon thinks that gang names sound like, and they think that and it sounds like – I think one person said it sounded like – I said it sounded like a, a Streets of Rage Sega Genesis thing, and then another wrestler – said, yeah, it sounds like it's an 80s movie or a video game. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're not sure that Vince McMahon watches movies or plays video games, so who knows oh, where it came from. Yeah, no video games. Oh, yeah. Slapjack. Slapjack is so bad. And actually, you know what? Uh, let me put up this picture. CM Punk posted this on social media after Raw. Uh, this is Media One, Camillo. See that at the very top, CM Punk. When you're bored in catering and there's an abundance of paper plates, look at that mask they have that poor guy wearing, Sean. Yeah. That is absolutely absurd. That's yeah, Shane Thorne, Slapjack. It's so ridiculous. Is that is that when his name, so Mace is Dio Madden. Yes. Keep in mind, Dio Madden is a guy who saved Jerry Lawler from getting beat down. Right. And of all weeks that they bring back Jerry Lawler. Yes. And that that was a common sentiment. Like, I've, and I get it. There are some people that are like, oh, well, I'm just glad that Mia and Mercedes are on TV. That's fine. Be happy. But people can criticize this crap. People can say, oh, yeah, you know what? They should be on TV with something better or something good. 
I like it's it's stupid. The storyline is stupid. The names are stupid. It's the third time they've went back to this. It it's the same thing as like Nexus. They're just wearing they're wearing masks. Very similar. Yeah. It's like the same thing. It's even worse it, because it, they're 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 hiding who these people are. Yeah. It, meanwhile, Mia Yim couldn't be arsed to wear uh, anything besides the, the half shirt that she usually wears this entire time. We've known she was in it because she wore the same clothes the whole time. And I was actually going to mention Mia Yim because they had her in a half mask. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And they didn't change her hair. They didn't change her hair. So here's the thing. It is mind-boggling to me, Jimmy, how insulting to the intelligence that it is of the viewer. She's been in, like, every Royal Rumble so far. Right. She's been on the show. Yeah. We know who she is. She invaded SmackDown. They named her. But we're supposed to not know who she is now. I mean, they haven't and said her name yet. Now. Yeah, they haven't said her name yet. So do you think there's a chance they'll pivot and they'll call her Mia Yim on Monday? I hope so. I hope so. But the thing is, they didn't mention her name, and they should have on Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, that's Mia Yim. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Especially when she was cutting a promo. Yeah. Andrew Monaghan says, creative has defeated you. Oh, boy, it has a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> but the, you know the idea of giving them contracts so that now they can do what they want. They were throwing Molotov cocktails at generators. Yeah. Using chainsaws. Yeah. What, what the? Come yeah. on. Somebody man. mentioned to me on social media. Uh, I apologize. I forget their name. They said all they have to do is is explain very simply, if, you know, in case they're stretching for an explanation. All they got to do is say Vince signed them because then his talent can legally kick their ass. I mean, at least that'd be something. Yeah, you know? and yeah, that that would you got to have something. Something. Uh, Dennis, Dennis Ruth says if Madden is Mace, then isn't Thorn T Bar? No, Dijakovic is T Bar. Yes, Dijakovic um, is T Bar, and he actually changed it his Twitter. Yeah. To, uh, to 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 reference it, I want to say one thing too. So we, we weren't done with that super chat. Oh, I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Didn't sound good, so they switched it up. I don't know what that means. And he goes, "What a rush, R.I.P. Animal." And Tony L said, "What did you think of AEW late night? I rather enjoyed it. I'm up until like 1:32 every morning anyway. So watching Ben Carter face Scorpio Sky, give me more of that. Ben Carter rules. Scorpio Sky rules." Anna Jay and Brandy had a good match that Brandy that happened the way that it should have. Um, 
Sean Spears continuing to win. I thought it was a good show. Uh, doing those those types of shows with the NBA lead-in is pretty cool. I think they should do more of that. I haven't seen it, but uh, maybe they're testing the waters a little bit in preparation for a second show. Yeah. I, w- I want to say this one thing. We've talked before about how you know there are pro-AEW fans that defend everything they do and crap on WWE. There are pro-WWE fans that defend everything they do and crap on AEW. So after Raw on Monday, I posted on Twitter. I called Raw arguably the most nonsensical episode of the show of all time, and I said pro-WWE fans changed my mind. And here I thought, I knew that most of them were probably just going to you know take personal shots, but I thought maybe somebody will have something constructive to say. Maybe they will have a valid explanation or valid reasoning. But no, sure enough, people took shots at me. Uh, they were suggesting that I, you know, I, I need to get laid. Uh, they were telling me, don't let this stuff ruin your day. I was getting all of these personal shots, Sean. And I just thought to myself, all I did is ask you to change my mind saying that this was a nonsensical edition of the show. And that's what happens with people when they favor something so much and they want to defend it so much. But even they know it's shit. And those pro WWE fans, they knew it was shit. And they had nothing. And so they took personal shots at me on social media. Oh, man. Yeah. I I really want to find. (laughs) Yeah, look them up. Look them up. Yeah. Yeah, look them up. It's amazing because if you know anything about my life, I've got a great family. I got a, I got a successful business. My life is good. All yeah. the thi- all the things they're suggesting I need to do, I don't need to do them. He's got astroturf in his backyard, fellas. <laughs> He's doing okay. He's doing all right. So I want to say this, and we've talked about this before, and I apologize if it's redundant, but but it, it I feel the need to say it again. Tony Khan could not have picked a better time to start a wrestling company. Like, this is the yeah. best time that he could have possibly ever started a wrestling company because, for one thing, live sports is sought after by networks. We've seen that, especially when you are a 52-week-a-year live sport. It's very sought after by networks. It was proven a year ago with the success of All In that the wrestling fan base is hungry for an alternative, Right. Like that, yeah. that was proven, and it has been proven now that a lot of wrestlers are hungry for an alternative place of work. And we already saw Jericho and Moxley and Brody Lee and FTR. We already saw all of them voluntarily, by their own accord, leave WWE and go someplace else. They are not going to be the last. It is not going to end with them. And so all of this is a perfect storm for AEW. And the fact is, and we've talked about this before, Vince McMahon has caused major erosion to the popularity of his company. Raw this week averaged 1.667 million viewers on USA Network. That viewership is down over 30% in the key demo, 18 to 49. 30% from a year ago at this time, Sean. 30% from a year ago at this time. And uh, anyone who thinks, oh, it's because of COVID, it's because of COVID. How is it that two weeks ago, AEW was unopposed? They did a million viewers and they peaked at 1.2 million and they're not even a year old if it's because yeah. of COVID. It's not because of COVID. And again, you are a pro WWE, got your blinders on person if you think that these numbers are because of COVID. Mr. Man is a liability. His shareholders should be concerned. USA Network should be concerned. Fox should be concerned. And you know what people are going to say, Sean? They're going to say, well, what do you mean he's a liability? WWE is more profitable than they've ever been. They just signed these massive new contracts last year. Can you imagine, Sean, if they had have gone into negotiations averaging 5 million viewers a week instead of 2.5? 
Can you imagine yeah. what kind of contract they might have got? They might have gotten closer to seven hundred fifty million a year combined versus five hundred million a year combined, and th- that's that's reality. They're unable to create new stars. They're in the toilet when it comes to the creative and their storylines. And this is where we are. And uh, I just don't see it turning around. Is there anything to indicate to you that this is going to turn around? No, 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 there's, there's nothing that really indicates it to me. I hope it does. Cause I, I want it to do well. I want it to be successful. Of course. I want to cover wrestling in a really, really hot period, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it at any point. And, I, I just hope it doesn't drag the rest of the industry down with it, obviously. I feel like AEW is just going to be the beneficiary of it. Like, I, I feel like their fan base is so different than WWE's fan base. Their fan base is a lot younger than WWE's fan base. And, I'm uh, admittedly reading through these quote tweets. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. Amazing. People, like, crapped on me because, and again, they did it because they had nothing. Like, they had no constructive oh, response to the creative of Raw this week, and that's why that they, 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 got, they took personal shots. And you one know of, this about me. One of my me. favorite is people like, uh, <laughs> don't let it ruin your day. I'm like, Wait, do you know Jimmy? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, he, he just clearly wants to argue with us. <laughs> like, he, you're not getting a reply to this. No. It'll be podcast fodder briefly. Yes, that's right. Oh, man. I never take the, per- the, the social media shots personally. Sean knows that. I just don't. Yeah. So that's amazing. The other thing I want to say about retribution, uh, because again, people are really scratching their heads. Why are they hiding that that's deal mad? And why are they hiding this or that? Mm -hmm. People got to remember that it used to be very common for Vincent man to do this right back in the eighties and nineties that he would take a guy that had previously been on television in WWE and he would repackage them and he would ignore their past. Uh, and a couple of examples and I use this on social media, Savio Vega was quang. Before he was Savio Vega, Rikishi was Head Shrinker Fat Two and the Sultan. Before he was Rikishi, the difference is that in those cases, those guys were not on a second national television brand as a different character weeks or months before showing up as the new character. That's the difference, and and unfortunately, this just kind of indicates to me again that Vince McMahon is just out of touch with his audience. He thinks that what he did thirty years ago flies today, and it doesn't. That's the difference. If Rikishi had to been on a second television, you know, televised show as the Sultan, and then two weeks later is Rikishi on Raw or whatever, people would have been like, huh? But there had been enough of a gap, and he changed his look enough that they were able to kind of get away with it. And then eventually, once he was established, then they kind of acknowledged his past, you know? But that's the, that's the main difference. <sighs> really, I think you should stop complaining and go get laid. Yeah, that's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. Uh, I've never seen a woman naked, Sean. So I need to work on that. So uh, let's pause and take a breath, Sean Rossap. Why? Because I was promising we were going to do this, and we're going to do this. If you look hard enough, there were a few diamonds in the rough on Monday night, Sean. If you look hard enough, there were some positives on WWE yeah. Raw. And so we are now... It's a three-hour show. So we, yeah. so we are now going to cleanse our souls. And Camillo, hit this video. Oh, boy. You got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. We're back. 
All right. Thanks to Savoy Satellites for the cover. They did a great job on that. Sean, let's talk positives. Positive of WWE Raw. Dominic Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo was a tag team. That was a positive. Yeah, it was a positive. You're saying it to me like I didn't admit it on Monday. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that was a positive. Now I I said at the beginning of that show, this is a three-hour show. There are going to be a few things that I like here. So when I say it's the least cohesive episode of, of WWE Raw I've ever seen. It doesn't mean that I didn't like every, like anything. Right, right. Okay. Well, it is true that they had never teamed before, and now they were in a number one contender match, which didn't make a lot of sense. And it is true that Humberto was losing every week on main event, prying to being put into a number one contender tag team match. But aside from that, those two guys together as a team, number one, they look like a team. You know, they look like they yeah. could be tag team partners, similar styles, aerial guys. Plus, if Dominic is in a tag team, he could be protected because he's very green. He needs the right dance partner. But if he's in a tag team, he could be protected. So I'm all for it. I hope they give those guys an opportunity. I kind of wish they had a one and and uh, and gotten the Street Profits match. Yeah, um, me too. I don't need to see Andrade and Angel Garza against them again, but we're talking about positive things. Seth or Dominic and, and Humberto, I like that, and I think uh, Humberto can actually teach Dominic a few things. He's a very, very great athlete, and I think that eventually Humberto can turn on Dominic, and we'll see more of an edge out of Humberto, and Dominic can pe- keep playing that that baby face. There you go. So long as it's not in three weeks. Oh, it will be. It will be. Here's a positive: Daba Kato. I thought, yes, I thought that Dabakato made for a great presentation on Mm -hmm. Raw. I like his look. Uh, I thought that his his promo style with the accent was unique. He's got unique size. He's a unique attraction. He's not cookie cutter like a lot of the other guys. So I thought that he made for a, a good presentation. Now, yes, it's true. He's very green in the ring. And yes, it's true that Braun Strowman basically killed him inside of a minute. And so who knows, you know, where he goes from here or if we're even going to see him ever again on television. But for one week on Monday night, uh, I thought Daba Kato did a good job. I thought that he made for a great presentation on Monday. Then the bell rang. And the bell rang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm stretching. I'm, I'm trying to find some stuff. Here's a positive. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought Peyton Royce did great against Asuka. Asuka was going 100 miles an hour, and Peyton Royce kept up with her, which... For somebody who hasn't been working as a singles wrestler, that's all you can really ask these days. I agree. Please keep up with Asuka because, man, almost nobody can. And I thought Peyton rocked it in that match. I agree. She was on my list here, I I think. And the fact she's entering the women's title picture, I think, is is a great thing, too. Now, yes, it's true. She's still hanging out with Billy Kay. They're not allowed to be a tag team for some reason. It makes no sense, and it's dumb. But... Seeing Peyton Royce in the in the women's title picture, I like it. Seeing her in the non-title with Asuka, like you said, she kept up. I liked it. That was a positive, Sean Rossap. Yeah. Here's yeah. another one for you. Here's another one for you. They aired a promo for Bianca Belair, meaning it looks like they're oh. finally ready to do something yeah, with yeah, her. Yeah, they, they aired a promo for Bianca Belair, the woman who's beaten Zelina six times. What's <laughs> Zelina doing this Sunday? Uh, I mean, hey, I'm trying to find something. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Even, even the things that are good <laughs> on this show do not make sense. The best thing about this show to me was knowing that Lana has them on the hook for five years at a really good salary right now. Like, that's 
and I liked Oscar and Peyton Royce, but it ended in a DQ. Well, I got some more. I got some more. Okay. Dolph Ziggler, Arturo, Arturo Huas. I liked it. Good. Pretty good stuff. I did. Yeah. That, that might have been, been my favorite Raw Underground match so far. I think Ziggler is really good in this. In, in this. Yeah. You're, Huas, you're starting... I thought, did good, too, with the, with the spinning roundhouse kicks and everything. Yeah. It was, it was one of the better showings. He's been doing some main event matches of late. Well, I like that, so that's a positive. Uh, I also want to say, and this is this is kind of you know not a new thing, but we're talking about the positives of Raw. I love the Hurt Business, Sean. I love the Hurt Business. They have been one of the highlights of this COVID era. And Cedric Alexander, man, his promos, I really like him a lot because his promos come from a, a source of realism. You know, like first he said, "I'd rather learn and earn." explaining why he joined the Hurt Business to begin with. Now he was talking about, you know, Apollo Crews holding him down and things like that. Like, he's his promos have a sense of realism to them. And uh, now, granted, he lost the match, and, and he probably shouldn't have. But uh, still, I like the Hurt Business. I like that they don't play favorites, even though they're a heel stable. They still go at Retribution, just as they'll go at, at, at uh, Apollo Crews and, and, uh, and Ricochet. I like yeah. it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um... It's funny because I found more things to be positive about the night that it aired than I do looking back. So I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I don't want to get too into the weed on weeds on negativity, Jimmy. But sometimes your penis is just in the weeds. And you don't want to be dealing with the hurt business when it comes to shaving your nuts. <laughs> Support. For Fightful is brought to you by Manscaped, the best <laughs> in below-the-waist grooming. When was the last time you could see behind the bushes? When's the last time you could see through the weeds? You can't see the forest for the trees, they say, and you can't see your wiener if it's covered up by that giant bush. <laughs> Clean that up, guys. People, whether it's a man or a woman, nobody's like, you know what I love? A giant bush around your dong. I don't think anybody has ever said that. If they have... Ew. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new Lawnmower 3.0. It's their third generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. They obsess over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, which means your, your balls won't be gigging. You're not going to look like Axel Rotten versus Ian Rotten. And your wiener's not going to be rotten. It's going to be freshly manicured, manscaped even. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. It's even got an LED light. Maybe you're in a pinch. Maybe it's dark. I mean, even if it's night and you've got lights in your bathroom, I'm telling you that light helps out. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And if there's something I know about, it's stroking, my friends. <laughs> Let's not even forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me right now and you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim your junk. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FIGHTFUL at manscaped.com. 
Level up your hygiene routine with the best manscaping tools. Your balls will thank you, and so will that special someone. 20% off and free shipping with the code FIGHTFUL at manscaped.com. Hit them up at Manscaped. Let them know you heard about them from us. How much of that did you have written down? Because you were looking at the copy the whole time, but how much of that did you improvise? Oh, I improvised a significant amount of it. Okay, so everything except for the product details, right? I mean, yeah. Did you have any of that written out that you had planned out in advance? Like like ad-libs? Yeah. No, no. No? nothing besides the general read. Right, the general, right, right. Yeah. Pretty good work, Sean Rossat. Pretty good work. Yeah, I'm good what'd you at say that. that you, would you say you uh, you know a lot about stroking? Is that what you said? Yeah, of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm the dong lord. I'm the sure. dong lord. Shop.fightful.com. We got some super chats. Queen Hannah says the pro company fans for both companies are more obsessed with the war than the actual employees of those companies. They're the ones that need to get laid. Yeah, I love the uh, the I think it was a Trent Beretta Chuck Taylor promo and. Or interview, and he's like, "Yeah, those people are our friends. Ultimately, I want them to die and lose their jobs, yeah. but they're my friends." I thought that was so funny. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Evan Wright says NXT becomes less canon and counterproductive, in my opinion. Uh, it has since they started. It's become a little bit like Raw light, but yeah. But um, yeah. And Evan Wright says, somebody call Harold May to book Tanahashi versus Ben Carter. Good Lord, did that guy shock the world. Excited to see a Will Hobbs spinebuster tonight. Lee Johnson and Ben Carter tore the house down on dark. And then like six hours later, Ben Carter had a match against uh, Scorpio Sky. Unreal. All three of those guys did great. Okay, good. Yeah. I want to move on and talk about Colby Covington. Oh, God. Yeah, and there's a reason I want to talk about this. And and if you're an MMA fan, or I should say if you're not an MMA fan, it's okay because I'm going to talk high level. So uh, you don't have to be an MMA fan to really understand what I want to talk about. I used to feel like Colby Covington was one of the fighters that got it. And I and I, we've talked before on this podcast about how not enough fighters get the entertainment side of the business. You know, too many of them are, they just don't show any personality out there when they're handed a live mic and they're asked, who do you want to face next, which is their opportunity to, to, to sell a fight. They say, whoever the UFC wants me to fight. Like most of them just don't understand the entertainment side of the business. And when you look at the elite level combat sports stars of the last 20 years, box office attractions, made a shit ton of money, Floyd Money Mayweather, Conor McGregor, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, those are the top four over the last 20 years, every single one of them, they won big fights, but they had the personality to go with it. They had the look to go with it. They had the package. And that's what you need to be an elite-level star. Having the wins is not enough. Having the look is not enough. As Paige Van Zandt. Having one of those elements is not enough. You have to have all of them in order to be an elite-level star. I thought Colby Covington got it because he was rising the ranks. Uh, He was beating everybody in front of him. Plus, he was cutting promos, and he was talking shit, and he was, he was kind of trying to be like a Conor McGregor type. Uh, and so I thought he got it. I see where he is now, Sean, and either Colby Covington is being led astray by really bad management, mm-hmm. or Colby Covington does not get it. And I, think he's, I think he's buying into his own hype, and he thinks that he knows what he should do. Yeah, you think so? I think so, because... This is this is bordering the level of costing the UFC sponsorship dollars. Absolutely, hundred percent. And and I yeah. tell you this: if Colby Covington does not keep winning, 
he is going to be off the card like that because he is a liability and he is going to cost the UFC sponsorship. And again, in case you're not a fan of MMA, you don't know what I'm talking about. The first thing Colby Covington did that was a head scratcher for me is when he very publicly supported Donald Trump. And I'm yeah. not saying that's a problem because I'm anti-Trump or anything. I'm nonpartisan on, on, on politics. Uh, but when you support one guy over the other, you divide your audience, or at least you risk dividing your audience. And if Colby Covington had come out in support of Joe Biden, I would have said the same thing. You risk dividing your audience, and I thought that was a head-scratcher. Now he's taken it a step further, uh, and he fought last weekend, and after he fought, he, uh, he uh, was talking to Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman is currently the champion in his weight class. They had a previous fight. Usman won that fight. They're kind of you know trying to go towards a rematch now. And Colby Covington made a comment to him, something about, uh, did you talk to your tribe? Like, it was a very racial comment that he made. He's also said stuff about Tyron Woodley, who's the fighter that he just, uh, just defeated last weekend. He, he also said stuff about the Black Lives Movement. He is publicly talking about things that are not only are they going to divide his audience, audience further, but like you said, they're going to cost the UFC sponsorship. And like I said a couple minutes ago, if and when Colby Covington loses... He's going to be down the card because these are really, oh, yeah. really, he's just making major mistakes. And again, like you said, maybe he's just buying into his own hype. I don't know who his management is. His management needs to sit him down and they need to explain to him, you're fucking everything up for yourself. Because I, I used to really think he was funny when he would cut promos and he started coming out to Kurt Angle's entrance music. Yeah, because uh, he's a, he's a pro wrestling fan and you know the whole "you suck" chance and everything. He was playing the heel. And I used to like it, and now he's completely gone off the rails, and, uh, and he's, he's become an example of what not to do as opposed to an example of a guy who understands the entertainment side of the business. Being unapologetically American and being racist do not have to be the same thing. And I absolutely far, far too many people confuse that, or they don't confuse it. They just want it to be that way because they're racist. Uh, You're right. says he looked like such a geek on the phone with Trump. Yes, he does look a little dorky doing that. Um, yeah. Lonnie, Bar- Lonnie Barker says, Jimmy, how long before we see a vote of no confidence in Vince McMahon and the board replaces him? They can't, can they? No, he's got uh, the majority. Matter of fact, I think Brandon Thurston posted a graphic today. I can't remember the exact number. I want to say it was 74%. He got 74% of the voting rights, I think. I think what it's going to come down to, and I don't know the contracts because I haven't obviously seen USA's contract with WWE. I haven't seen Fox's contract with WWE. It's going to come down to a threat of a uh, breach of contract somehow. I don't know if they can use the fact they weren't live for a while, whatever it is. The only thing I think that will get Vince to decide, okay, maybe I need to bring Hunter into the fold here more, is if their money, and USA and Fox is their money, threaten to pull the plug. Because if that happens, the stock is in massive trouble. Shareholders, it's just going to be a massive mess uh, that's the only thing I think that would make a difference. If a man doesn't care what people like you or I think about creative, he doesn't. And he still believes in his head. Yes, we're down to 1.67 million viewers. It's because of COVID. That's what Vince thinks. So, you know, yeah, it's gonna come, with it, you. it'll come down to money. That's the only thing that's going to make a difference. Yeah. I, I mean, there's not more I can say. Yeah. yeah. I, I, ugh. Anakin JMT says, what are Jimmy's thoughts on Stephanie selling her shares? By the way, guys, if you want to get your super chats in, we are wrapping up. Go ahead and do that. But your thoughts on on selling the shares? She's been doing it. This was not the first time. I think this yeah. time it was around $2 million worth. Uh, but it's not the first time. She still owns 
what is it, uh, 2% of the, total, of the total stock, I believe? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's even 7%. I can't recall. 2 or 7%, one or the other. So she's still a major stockholder. Hunter has sold a bunch. Kevin Dunn, over the, over the years, has sold a bunch. I don't think much of it. What else you got? Uh, well, if you go to FIFOSelect.com after this, we are going to talk about Roman Reigns and a piece of news that I didn't think was news, but apparently it is news. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about John Cena. We're going to talk about Melina Perez. We're going to talk about Sasha versus Bailey. We're going to talk about uh, Rey Mysterio. Uh, all of that. FIFOSelect.com. Uh, the list goes on. Last thing on my list uh, I want to ask you about. Thunder Rosa versus Eva Lee from Dynamite last week. So you were the first person to break this story about how there was uh, some miscommunication or or some disagreement in the ring. I know that a couple of other wrestling people have tried to debunk your story. Um, Tell me about that, about what you heard about uh, those two not getting along in the ring. Thunder Rosa felt like she was put in a position by Ivelisse to look dumb and did not want to look dumb. Uh, Ivelisse told me that she didn't think that Thunder Rosa was following her lead. And things happened. <laughs> I can't say specifically what strikes were laid in there or whatever, but it was uncooperative. I reached out to both women. That's it's common. Good for you that you common, did that. Common journalism. Reach out to both both women involved, especially when I have a line of communication with both of them. I've interviewed them both multiple times in the past, so why wouldn't I just at least say, hey, did something happen here? And I had been told by multiple people in AEW before that, even people outside of AEW before that, to keep my eye on it. And then I reached out to four or five other um, other wrestlers in AEW, and they all told me what they heard happened and what they they experienced there. Now there were there was somebody from one of those outlets that reached out to me and said, "Oh, do you think you're being worked?" And I said, "Well, wouldn't they try to work you all too? Wouldn't the person that got that information to you guys that said that no shooting?" Wouldn't they be trying to work everybody else too? Like, it's just, yeah, it it didn't make any sense. But yeah, nothing that I was told indicated they wouldn't be able to work together fine tonight. Right. And I I know one of the other guys, one of the guys that tried to debunk the story, I think in his story, his source was neither one of them directly. His story was somebody there. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that you actually talked about them, good for you, man. That's good. Yeah, uh, we have... Uh, a super chat from Queen Hannah that says, I think it needs to be a team takeover to run it. Shane, <laughs> Steph, and Triple H, they all excel in different areas and can hold each other accountable. Disagree, because Shane has zero clout in that company. I mean, yeah, he's, Shane, he's, he's Vince's son, and so I guess he's got clout of being Vince's son, but in terms of the company, 0% of the stock. Unless yeah, he's been uh, given some lately, I don't know. As far as a creative thing, I think that he, uh, I think that he should have a little bit of say so in there he thinks outside the box a lot more. almost so almost an intervention really almost like yeah. a man intervention yeah you know well, guys check out all the stuff we got on fightful there's so much jeremy did a game stream he's reviewing movies every tuesday we've got lots of cool stuff up check it out and this weekend's a big one ufc pay-per-view and clash of champions myself and carlos did uh, predictions on youtube.com slash fightful is that costa time. is that costa yeah costa and adesanya who you picking Adesanya. Yeah, I think so, too, because uh, Casa had trouble with, uh, uh, I forget the name of the fighter he just fought, that they went to a decision. Yeah. yeah. Who well, was I mean, it? Yo what, Romero. Uh, Yo Romero. Yo Romero. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think Adesanya is a very, very good matchup for, for I think Costa is a good matchup for him. Right, 
Right. Yep. Cool. Until next time, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.